it should have took no more than two months. It took a year and two months and five contractors later, uh, a bunch of headaches in between, but. Hey, hey, before we get into this episode, want to let you know that Blue Spruce has a 454 unit in Atlanta, Georgia. That market is booming. We're really excited about this particular property and we're excited to close it. We want to close it with you. So if you want to be a part of this deal, it is for accredited investors only. So there's two ways. If you're accredited, awesome. Let us know. And if you want to raise money, awesome. Let us know. We'll give you a slice of the general partnership and you bring in your investors. So without further ado, here is today's episode. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, the win-win maker. And guess who I've got today? None other but Brandon Elliott in the house. How's it going, Brandon? Good. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. Hey, uh, you should set up your uh, Facebook Live right now if you can while I introduce you because I know that you do that. So uh, Brandon is a monster when it comes to Facebook Lives. He's really, really good at showing people what he's doing and bringing them along with the journey. Besides just Facebook Lives, a couple other things that he's done is he has actually got this um, podcast. It's called Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing where he brings you on his journey, the things that he's doing. He interviews people as well. He talks about how he's got his burst strategy going on right now in Ohio. He's been doing that three years and he's already got 10 units. He also leverages credit to do so. So what you very, very interesting within the creative strategy is, is, is instead of saying, well, I don't have, you know, X amount of money. He found a way to still go ahead and do it. Also, he has a book called Action Driven. It's uh, all through storytelling and not just about real estate, but it's more about his journey where he came through uh, the beginning to where he is now. And like the title says, Action Driven, he's very, very focused on making sure that you know the steps to implement to grow your business. So with that said, Brandon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. What did I miss from your intro, from uh, your bio? Um, you know, you didn't miss much. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey originally. And, you know, I moved out here about seven years ago and I uh, was just led down a wrong path, uh, lack of guidance, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, found, found my passion in real estate and, and has really started taking it to the next level. Let me talk a little bit about that led down a wrong path with a lack of guidance. Was there somebody that was leading you in that direction or were you just following things that you had heard? Um, nobody was leading me per se, but uh, it's just the, the lack of, you know, I grew up with a single parent mom that was manic depressive bipolar. Um, so just some, you know, we, we grew up in poverty and uh, just living off of either the government or um, you know, handouts and, and help throughout the churches locally or friends and, and schools. Uh, so that, and then I, I just have uh, two sisters in the house. So I was the only man in the house for, for, you know, a very long time growing up. Okay. So yeah, that brings us to a, a you know, really good, good place. So you're, you're telling me that you, you didn't grow up with a silver plat plate or a, a spoon or whatever they call it, some type yeah. of utensil or eating object, but you didn't grow up like that. 
And uh, these days you own 10 rentals and you did follow this with the Burr strategy in Ohio. You also have been able to, you know, there's no way to have credit and to get the credit that you needed to do some of the rehabs that you've been doing. There's no way to get that without gaining your credit first. So you've been able to um, get, you know, a great credit score, all these types of things. Furthermore, you wrote a book, you have a podcast. So it just guys kind of goes to show no matter how you start, no matter how you grow up, you have the ability to do anything that anyone else is doing. How old are you, Brandon? I'm 28 years old. 28. Okay. So, uh, as far as a lot of the guests on the show, a lot of the guests that we have, you know, are in their forties, fifties, sixties, and same thing with the listeners. It's, uh, seldom that we have people in their twenties that are, are, just killing it in this business. So it's really great to have you, Brandon. What is Burr strategy? We've both said it a couple of times today, but what does Burr mean? Yeah, so Burr is uh, it's buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. So basically you're buying the stress properties. It's like a combination of a fix and flip and a rental, but overall it's, it's holding for a rental. But um, it's buying a distressed property, doing the full remodel on it, make it brand new looking again, rent it out to a well-qualified tenant, refinance it to have little to no money into the actual deal, get all your money back. And then, you know, you have all that money so you can repeat that process. Great. So where did you learn about this strategy? I learned it. Uh, so it was like coined from bigger pockets, uh, but it's been around forever. It, it's, it's just, you know, that that phrase, the Burr strategy, I believe uh, Bigger Pockets coined it. Um, but yeah, it's been around forever. It's just, uh, it's a strategy that I resonated with and I figured out that I could have, you know, little to no money into every deal. I've actually got paid out on a few deals and it still cash flows every month. It, it makes sense to me. Awesome. So it's instead of a fix and flip or a buy and hold, we're going to merge those together and call it a fix and hold. Yeah. So you've done about 10 of these and you said that on a couple times you've actually got paid out. So you're obviously making infinite returns on those deals where you are out no money, but still cash flowing. So let's just go in and talk about the absolute very first one you did three years ago today. Yeah. So my very first one, I had a lot of learning curves. The, the structure of the house was amazing. I got a great deal on it. Um, but overall I, it needed a lot of cosmetics It needed a new kitchen, new bathroom, uh, new floors, paint. And I was just clueless when it came down to that whole hiring process of a contractor. So I had a ton of learning curves and it took, it should have took no more than two months. It took a year and two months and five contractors later, uh, a bunch of headaches in between, but you know, I, I definitely should have sued. Uh, at least three of them, but I, I took it as a learning curve and just, you know, rolled with the punches and kept it moving. Let's take a few mistakes. And if there's more than five, let's stop at five. But let's yeah. take a few mistakes that you did on that very first one and turn it into more of a teaching moment. So anyone listening might be able to have the opportunity not to do those. Yeah, for sure. So um, definitely the first one I, I would say is never pay your contractors up front. Like if, if they didn't have the accounts or the, the money to be able to handle 
the job themselves and and at least wait till the till the the finished product is done then you know they're, they're probably it's a couple good signs that you shouldn't be dealing with them um i've also you know i was taking their word instead of actually getting somebody else to go to the property and and inspect what they did and just to verify that they did do what they said and um and then you know i didn't put in the contract um like a a time limit like it if they said that it would take three weeks, then I should have put, you know, give them the, the lenience of four weeks, God forbid anything, you know, by fourth week, it's all 100% should be done. And, um, and I should have put it in the, in the contract that we signed to, you know, any days over, there would be a penalty. And that would just, you know, reinsure that they are going to stay on the project and, you know, they're not going to take on other jobs. And that's what I found out that they were doing. They were making a ton off mine, but they didn't care when they were getting it done because, you know, they had a bunch of excuses and they're picking up other side jobs uh, whenever they wanted. Great. Is there a couple more that you had in mind? Uh, there's, there's probably a, a dozen or so. Um, you know, right now I only go off referrals. So it, it's people that I already know, like, and trust that I, I get their recommendations and that has saved me so much because even at the end of the day, if you're dealing with a contractor and you guys are butting heads for some odd reason, you know, if you have that one mutual person that connected you guys, then there will be peace somewhere that, you know, you want to keep the relationship strong and going. And, uh, and I, I, I realized that has been in my favor tremendously. I love it. Okay. So we've got four actionable items, all of them revolve around contractors, which is very interesting. All the mistakes that you've made so far are talking about contractors. Let me ask yeah. you, is there a fifth one that's about somebody besides a contractor that we can add to this list? Yes. Yeah, so for my strategy, the birth strategy, it is very crucial and very important to have a, a good appraiser because that's the end step, you know, before I actually get all my money back to make sure that this process works out and I can pay off my, my credit cards that I've actually used to borrow the money to do the remodel as well as get my money back to uh, the money that I originally purchased the property with. I need to actually complete this refinance. So the appraiser is the most important little puzzle in my, in my point. And unfortunately you can't like, you can't pick the appraiser. Um, there, there's certain situations that you, you can with some lenders, uh, but with traditional, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac um, lenders, local small banks that I use, you can't. They hire out a third person, and that third person hires the, you know, the person that's available to do the appraiser. And um, unfortunately, I've just ran into situations that they weren't the most uh, just knowledgeable. They they didn't do their job the best, so. Um, one appraiser in particular ended up coming back extremely low. I realized after looking over it that he labeled it as a one bedroom, one bath, and it was a, clearly a two bedroom. He took all the pictures for it. He, you know, it showed it. So I, I had to actually help him out on that. And then it came back at, you know, somewhat accurate, but I've had other appraisers that, um, just weren't fully educated on all the work that I actually put into it. So moving forward, every time I get a property appraised, 
I always fly out there, meet them in person, do most of their work for them just to, you know, give a little bit of help and guidance um, and come off, you know, just use body language and personality to really smooth things over and try to get it more in my favor. Wonderful. All right. So we've got, here's how I want to do this. So I'm going to go through the five things that we just learned from you. Then I want to talk about the details of your most recent deal. Mm. We're going to go, we're going to dive in and really understand how you did your, your 10th fix, uh, fix and hold their yeah. burst strategy. Yeah. And I know that there's listeners listening, trying to understand what you did with your credit card. So we'll get a little bit of that juicy info and we'll move into the final five. So here we go. Uh, number one is never pay your contractor up front. You gave us some really good content uh, around that, which is that most of the contractors that are legit have the funds that they need to be taking care of it. The next one is trust, but verify. So verify, verify, verify. Don't just trust that they've done what they said they've done. Make sure you see pictures and find out if, if they really are there. The third one is at a timeline to the contract. So uh, Brandon got burned at least once <laughs> by, uh, by set, signing a contract where somebody said, maybe we'll be finishing this in three weeks. And he could have just given him four weeks to do it. And, but what, at, at what ended up happening with him is that they took a lot longer than three weeks. What's the, what's the worst that, that this has ever happened to you? What's the longest timeline over someone's ever given you? It was just that one time that that very first project, it's, you know, it, it ended up taking a year and two months. Besides that, okay. everything has been, uh, you know, I take that back a little bit. There, there's been two projects recently that took a, a few extra weeks over uh, than anticipated, but it, it really wasn't out of the the normal you know, I, I naturally anticipated it to be that long. And then the contractor uh, had some other things planned that was supposed to cut it back a lot and little things came into play. Great. So it took a year longer than it needed to. Yeah. And then number four, referrals only. That's a great tip. I love that. So how do people find referrals? You know, so it's all about building relationships. I, I invest long distance over in Ohio. I live here in San Diego, obviously. So that means that every time I'm in the area of Ohio, I need to, I need to build the relationships. I shouldn't be, you know, putting, I shouldn't be doing work. I shouldn't be working uh, in my business. I should be working on my business. So I'm building relationships, going around to people within the town, asking them for referrals, um, you know, just greeting people, letting them know what my goals, my vision and my plans are in that area. And that typically gets people really excited and, and wanting to help you out as well. So great. All right. And then the fifth one is to get a good appraiser. And we had a tip. If you don't live in the area, he flies out to every single appraiser and meets them in person. So I love that. All right. So, um, well, let's stop at credit cards real fast. And what have you done with credit cards to do your real estate business? Yeah, so credit cards have helped me tremendously just leveraging my credit. So everybody, I'm sure if you get decent credit, if you have decent credit, then you'll most likely get uh, credit card um, offers in the mail that give you on a regular basis that, you know, they're offering 0% interest uh, introductory rate for 
you know, anywhere from six months, 12 months, 15 months, 18 months. I've seen some for like 20 months or, um, you know, around there, but, but nevertheless, it's 0% interest. Um, sometimes on purchases, otherwise balance transfers is what I'm really looking for because they will wire the money right into my account and, uh, or they'll, you know, let me cash a check or send me a check, whatever it may be. And, uh, and overall it's 0% interest for that length of time. And, uh, you're, I look for the longest as possible. Usually 18 months, uh, is what I go for. And it's typically like a, a flat fee to be able to borrow that money. It is 0% interest, but it is a flat fee. So typically around 3% is what I normally get, but I've seen some, um, ranging. I got one recently for 0%. So it's totally 0% to borrow, no fee whatsoever to actually borrow money from myself uh, to be able to complete the remodel or even make the purchase on my properties. And then uh, after I get it refinanced, after I rent it out, then I pay off the cards. Excellent, excellent. Do you feel like that's risky? I don't because I have backup plans for it as long as I have other backup plans. So God forbid, if I can't get the refinance, I do have that whole length of time that I am, you have to make a minimum payment. Uh, it's typically, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, to, you know, put a little dent. If you don't, then you get a late fee. So obviously do the minimum payment uh, or more. I'm always doing a little bit over and uh, I'm knocking down the payment. So if I can't get the refinance, that's, that's my biggest hiccup. That's the biggest scare factor. If I can't get that, then my, my rent that's coming in is paying off the, the uh, credit card tremendously every single month as well. And then the worst case scenario, I take another credit card, a balance transfer, and I just repeat that process. I pay off that card and then I have it, you know, another 18 months or so on another card. What's the largest property you've ever done? Um, I just, my, my biggest remodel that I ever done uh, was my last one. Um, it was like two properties ago. I, I was doing two properties at the same time, but this was a triplex. I put a little over 75,000 into it and I did that all with my credit cards. Um, and uh, it, it's a triplex. It's it's worth a little over a hundred thousand. It's going to bring in uh, about eighteen hundred a month. It'll cash flow uh, conservatively around twelve to thirteen hundred. Cool, awesome stuff. All right, so yeah, let's get into that deal a little bit more. So you said you put in seventy five thousand from credit cards. What was the purchase price? The purchase price for the property was actually twenty thousand dollars. Twenty. And then you put in 75 uh, of just remodel? Yeah. What every, city? Everything. What? I put security cameras and everything on it. Cool. What city is it in? Uh, it's, it's a small little area. It's very close to uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's called Steubenville. It's right on the, the, the river of uh, West Virginia and Pennsylvania. Okay. So it's 10 minutes from Youngstown. No, no, no. No. Okay. No, it's a couple hours from Youngstown. Um, it's about 30 minutes away from Pittsburgh, the, the airport. Okay. Uh, it's a famous Catholic university in the area, um, oh. Franciscan University. A lot of people all around the world actually go to it. 
Okay. That's really, really cool. So is it short-term rentals or long-term rentals? Um, you know, I, I have had a couple, I've only been doing it for three years. So, uh, I've had a couple that have, have been with me the whole time. Okay. Excellent. A lot of good info. And how, who did you get to manage the project for all the construction? Yeah. So I, uh, my second property that I bought, it was a triplex and it was, I bought it two months after I, I purchased my first one and I ended, it ended up coming with a property manager. I, I went out to the property, met him. He was giving me the keys pretty much uh, and just kind of walking me around the property. And I really connected with him. And I also realized, you know, this was my second property. I didn't know what the hell I was doing with the first one. So I needed a little bit of help and guidance. And uh, we, you know, worked it out that he was going to manage the properties a little bit for me. Um, overall, I really leveraged him out. And, uh, you know, he's helped me manage a couple of the projects and now, you know, go to the, to the projects and inspect things for me. But overall, I'm managing all my projects. Awesome. Awesome. So let me think here. You've been doing this for a while. You've but you've decided to still manage your own projects. Why did you partner with him? What, uh, what does he bring to the table that you couldn't do on your own? Uh, at the time, it was feet on the ground. So, Great. I mean, that, that was my biggest. I needed somebody that I knew, knew and trusted that uh, you know, could give me honest to God feedback and also had connections in the area to help you know, build me up. And he's, he's gonna be your property manager? Uh, he was for the time being. Right now, I manage all my own properties as well. Wow, that is something new. I've never heard. All right, that's pretty cool. So let me ask you, on, on that project, you already put in the 75000 or you're still working on it? No, it's all, it's all complete. Uh, I have one more. I'm, I'm working on a lease right now to, to fill one more of the vacancies. Okay. Uh, one of the other units. And then afterwards, next month, I will be starting the process of refinancing. Okay. A lot of good info. Okay. So how are you going to refinance it? So I, I use a small local bank in the area. Uh, one of the trips that I went out there, I did nothing but go around to all the banks and built relationships with them, uh, figured out which ones could kind of suit my needs the best and, and make it a win-win situation. And I, I found a small local bank that I really resonated with. They actually cover my closing costs. Um, and the rates, I mean, I'm locking in rates as an investor. Uh, I'm locking in rates in the 4% range, which is pretty unheard of. That is amazing. So how much, once you're done, once it's all refinanced out, what will you have into the deal or will you have made money? I, uh, I should have no more than like 10,000 into the deal. Okay, great. And it cash flows, it brings in about 1300 you said? Yeah. Okay. And with that, how much of that do you think will be cash flow? Uh, that's going to be the cash flow, actually. It's going to bring in about 1800 Okay. Great, great. So you spent 10000 total of your own money by the time that the refinance comes out. And you'll be netting... Uh, let's see, 1,300 times. So it is more than 100% return. So it's, yeah. it's more than 150% return per year. A lot of good information. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with the final five. 
Remember, we have a live deal in Atlanta, and we're very excited to close this property in Atlanta with you. If you'd like to be a part of this, it is a 506C accredited investors only. So you could be part of the general partnership and raise a little bit of money with us. Or if you are accredited, this is a great opportunity to have 400 plus doors to your name. So without further ado, let's get back into the episode. What? Okay, so we, we went through some creativity. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm going to skip that one. And what's a book you recommend? Book I recommend. Um, there is, besides my book, actually, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, there is a book that I really love. Uh, well, first of all, Rich Dad Poor Dad really helped like motivate me and get me started. I know that's very played out. Like everybody uh, gets started that way. If you haven't read the book, you definitely need to read that book. But besides that, there's a book um, by Frank Gallinelli, I believe his name is. It's um, the, the 36 key elements that every real estate investor needs to know. Great. Okay. I so I'm butchering that name just so you know, but it, it's very close. If you look it up, it's a very long title and, and the name is right, Frank. Perfect. A lot of good books. So this is my favorite question and I'm especially excited to ask you because we talked about your real estate journey starting three years ago. So mm -hmm. where were you five years ago and where will you be five years from today? Yeah, that's a great question. So five years ago, um, five years ago, I, I was definitely lost and I, I was going through a lot of um, trials, tribulations, just misguided, didn't know what the hell I was doing, had a lot of uh, just negative tendencies going down the wrong path. And, um, and I'm super excited about my future because the next, the next uh, five years, you know, I'll definitely be seen more in the bigger um, multi-unit apartment building uh, kind of scenery. That's definitely my goal. And I, I know that's what you guys resonate with. So it's, it's pretty awesome to connect with you guys. But, um, but besides that, you know, really giving back, getting more people, you know, interested and excited about real estate because what it's done for me and my family has been tremendous. I definitely want to you know, that's why I started my podcast as well, because I learned a lot off podcasts, but I want to get more people interested in, in real estate investing. There's, there's enough properties to go around and uh, so much opportunity out there. People can partner up and, and do a lot of crazy things. Wow, that's great. So in your five-year goal, where you plan to be in five years, besides owning thousands and thousands of units as a multifamily investor, the only other thing you really mentioned was in five years, I want to give back. I want to give back. I want to give back. I want to give back over and over and over. So that's, that's great. I love that, that attitude is there. So the next question really is how do you give back? But if we've already answered it with the book, with the podcast, uh, we can skip it, but is there something else you wanted to add? You know, I think, uh, volunteering in your, in your area and really giving back in, uh, like locally in the streets is very important either, you know, jumping into, I think just doing a little bit of research in your area to see, you know, who's doing things and, and how they're giving back, seeing if you resonate with that to be a part of it would be awesome. But, um, you know, jumping into food drives or, um, you know, giving out clothes downtown at you know, the homeless shelter, stuff like that. I, I think that's, that's a, a way that I like to give back. Perfect. What is the best way to find you, find your book, find your podcast? 
well, is there one place kind of like a hub where you can kind of connect with you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. My website, Brandon Elliott investments.com. Uh, people spell can definitely that? spell it. Yeah. Yeah. It's my name, Brandon Elliott. So it's B R A N D O N Elliott is E L L I O T T and then investments with an S at the end. Um, so basically you can check me out there. I'll be able to reply back to you. If you have any questions, um, we can talk on there. Otherwise, anywhere on social media, you know, Brandon Elliott Investments, you'll be able to connect with me. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you going through your first deal, one of your last deals, what you're doing with your credit cards, the fix and hold, the burr strategy, your book, your podcast, where you were five years ago is very, very interesting. I feel like there could be a lot of people that resonate with what you're doing. And if if you're listening and you know somebody that does, that is in that same spot, please uh, share this episode with them uh, to give a little bit more inspiration of what they can do. And uh, was excited to talk about where you are five years from now. I encourage any listener who wanted to connect with you to go to brandonelliotinvestments.com. That's in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on. And until next time, think outside the box. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. It's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.